So this week's episode is like a history lesson, Bible study type mashup. Um, I'm really excited to talk about our today's topic. I can't wait. It's something that I've been sitting on for a while and ruminating. Um, I was a little nervous to share because I'm not a Bible scholar. I do love reading and researching, um, but I don't consider myself a Bible scholar. But I do have these little thoughts that just sit, and um, this is the way I get them. But I'm excited for you to listen to today's episode. Same. Good morning. Man, how many vacation Bible schools did mom send us to? That wasn't vacation Bible school. That was a leadership thing because I was smart. But I was there. I didn't go. No, Stacy went. Oh, she just taught it to us. Yeah, she'd come back and taught it to us. Anyway, um, so here we are. It's been an eventful week. Our first episode has launched. So exciting! Let us know what you thought about that. It was very, um, lots of technical difficulties. Our microphone volumes were a little wonky, but we're working on it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. We're excited. So what have we done this week? A lot. So much. We had revival services. We had a school fundraiser. We had a seminar. And then just regular life, school, church, work, kids, laundry. Yeah. It's been busy. So is there, Sarah, is there anything that you've learned this week? Anything that stuck out to you in all these events and running around? Something that you've learned that stayed? Well, um, I think that, you know, in the crazy busyness, it's easy to forget the small things that God's involved in. Yeah. Um, you know, so Sunday, you know, we, we made the episode outline for this week. And then Sunday, um, the evangelist made the statement the blood in this room is thicker than the blood in your veins. Yeah. And I almost fell out of my chair. Yeah, me too. I thought to myself, did he read our episode notes for this week? I know. I was shook. Uh, you know, the small things God does in our lives to let us know when yeah. we're heading in the right directions yeah. never ceases to amaze me. I know. I literally got chills. Like. I know. I was like, oh. Yeah. What did that, he just I, say? I had this in my head and it was like. A theme, but then I was like, I don't, that's weird. Is, is that weird to talk about? And then he said that, and I was like, whoa, okay, God, I hear you, confirmation. Um, but, yeah, so something that stuck out to me this week um, was from, we had revival services Monday and Tuesday. It, it was it was a service with emphasis on, like, end-time prophecy. And there was, you know, he talked a lot about the end times and Daniel and, like, correlation to what's happening now and what a bunch of stuff means and uh, which I love stuff like that but same um, at the end um, everybody was up at the altar praying and somebody spoke up and they said you know um, even some of you that are here will soon forget what you've heard 
And that was such a um, startling thing for me. I was like, whoa. You know, even this has been so shaking and so, like, real with where we're living. Yeah, like, how do you forget? Right. For us to just walk out and be so nonchalant about the return of Jesus that we forget what we experienced in those services and things that we heard. Uh, it really shook me and scared me. And every morning I woke up and I said, God, please don't let me forget what I heard. Please don't let me forget that today could be the day that you come back. Help me to, to Well, it's live. like he said, just a normal day. Exactly. Like exactly. you will be busy yes. and you will be rushing to yep. get out the front door. And, yep. you know, it'll just be a normal day. Yeah. And so the thought that we'll get so busy with life that we forget that right. he's coming back. Right. Like, that's scary. It's very sobering to think that we could just so easily forget, um, you know, the power and the anointing that we feel when we're in church. And then to walk out and get distracted with our day-to-day lives and forget, you know, God God could come back today in, in all reality. It's not just something that we say, you know, but, but it is very real. So that was something that stuck out to me. Um, <clears throat> so those are two very... Um, God moments, I guess. Right. Um, but anyway, so I want to begin today's episode with um, a little bit of a history. I don't, it's not really a history lesson, but it's something that I found that I thought was interesting. Um, so we we have these old sayings, these little old adages, um, and I love to research those old phrases and things like um, "cat got your tongue" and things like that. Like, where did that come from? Why do we say it? Um, I, I love to know where tradition started. When I got married, um, I researched, like, why do we wear white wedding dresses? Why do we do something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue? Like, I, I had to research all the traditions because I'm a nerd, and I like to know yeah. where things come from and why we do them. I blame it on my dad. He was always like, well, why are you doing that? You know, yes. like, I don't know. Do I, you know what that yeah, means? You know what that means? Um, holidays... Easter and Christmas and things like that were always very interesting around our house because um, we always knew where things come from. Where did yes. the Easter bunny originate? And why do we dye eggs? And, you know, Dad always made sure we knew all the things. So yes. holidays weren't a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it, they were. But anyway, so that has translated. I mean, I still do it as an adult. Uh, you know, I want to know. Like when I had kids, I'd sing them lullabies, and I'm like, "Where did these Why come don't from?" We say that, yeah. So I would research them and um, what they mean, and all those things. And anyway, um, so my curiosity was piqued concerning one particular saying: um, "Blood is thicker than water." Um, I needed to know why it troubled my spirit. So I started praying, and I started digging. Blood is thicker than water isn't actually the full phrase, which was interesting to me. The full phrase is actually the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Which actually means the opposite. Exactly. When I realized what the full phrase or saying was, immediately my mind went um, to the biblical analogy, the blood of the covenant, um, which started with, Noah, God had a covenant with Noah to save him from the flood. And then you move on to the Abrahamic covenant um, where God separated Abraham from Ur. He took him from his father's house, from his natural family, and made a covenant with Abraham to establish a new people. 
um, which is interesting. And then you also have later in the Old Testament, you have the Ark of the Covenant, which was a box that God's glory dwelled in, and it represented the covenant between these people and God. And they were separated from all the other you know, nations. Um, and then it moves on through into the, the New Testament, where you have the, the blood of the covenant taken at Passover, um, which then, after the death of Jesus, becomes the new covenant, um, which covers you know whosoever will. Um, Jew, Greek, Gentile. Um, and so I'm going to read Romans um, 9, 4 through 8. Um, it tells us that there are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Verse 6 says, But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. So this is telling us that you're not just children of Abraham because you're his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So verse 8 goes on to tell us that this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Children of the covenant are counted as offspring of Abraham. Um, so we see here wow. that it's, yeah, it's not merely um, a circumcision of the flesh that bonds us to the covenant anymore, as it was in the Old Testament. Um, but when we receive the Holy Ghost and are baptized in Jesus' name, um, we then become grafted in and are heirs in God's family. So the blood of the covenant becomes stronger than the water of the womb because in the New Testament, it's no longer about your bloodline. It becomes about the blood of Christ. Are you covered under the blood of Christ? And if so, you are now God's heir. No questions asked. You are now God's family, no matter your natural bloodline. It becomes a spiritual bloodline. Um, So when we hear the saying, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, um, a covenant bond with God or a brother means more than the bond of natural, you know, family ties. Um, and this is interesting because how do we translate this to young people or saints in the church um, apart from assuring that we Gentiles are now a part of God's, God's kingdom? What's the bigger picture of blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb? What is the bigger picture of God's family versus natural family? And, um, you know... Natural family um, is very important. The family unit is extremely important for growth, security. It follows God's plan for authority in our lives. Um, However, some people come from broken, messed up families because we still do live in a sin-filled world. Not everyone has the picturesque, you know, leave it to beaver family. Um, And we need to remember that in the kingdom of God, we need to take in those that only have God's family to turn to. Um, They don't have parents or siblings or aunts or grandmothers to love them. And when God sends someone to our churches, love them. Um, Remember to love them. Love them like your own. And don't forsake a brother or sister that needs you because your natural familial ties mean more to you than the survival of a soul. Um, You know... And this can translate um, by making sure that we take care of our new converts. Making yeah, sure it's so true because it's like you said, you know, 
about people coming from broken homes, you know, it, it or broken families. Yeah. It may not even be that their family unit is disjointed, but right. when when you choose to give up what the world sees as everything, right, and follow God, right. Your family may not understand that kind of covenant. Right, exactly. That, you know, if you you talk about a blood covenant, you know, when you give up everything and take up the standard yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. And you form a blood covenant with him by being baptized in the name of Jesus. Right. You know, that is something that your family may not understand. Mm-hmm. And so under that covenant, we become brothers and sisters with the people that share right. that standard, yeah. that share that covenant. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And it is easy to forget in our day-to-day lives, yeah. you know, that it really is that big of a deal, yeah. you know, how we treat the people that we go to church with, right? you know, you're, you should treat them like they're your family. Exactly. Not in a overly familiar kind of way, but in a loving kind of way. Right. You know, make sure that someone's telling them, mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like as a family, you know, as an aunt, when I see your kids, I say, I, I love you. Right. Because I want them to know that their family loves them. Right. And so as a member of the church, when I see someone... I should say, hey, sis, I love you. Right. You know, not because of any special reason, but just to make sure they know, hey, your church family loves you. Yes, you're a part of this family, and you do belong here. Yes. Because they may not get that anywhere else. Uh, But we, and that's, that's part of, you know, tightening that soul bond that you have to each other. Um, That's so much stronger than being birthed from the same mother. Um, you know, when you're you're born a new creature in baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, um, you are, the Bible tells us, you are born again. And when the church births you, you are birthed from the same mother. Um, and it's essentially the same bond, if not a tighter bond. Um, and, and you should make your brothers and sisters feel like family even if you don't understand them I don't understand I don't always understand um every decision that you make as my sister or every you know stance that you take but I still love you and I'm still here you know what I mean you know you love unconditionally and you make sure they have an arm to lean on and you make sure their needs are being met and you make sure the babies are being fed um you protect them and you eat with them and you let them know that they're not alone um, you worry about them, and you check on them, and you pray for them. And these are all the things that you do in a natural family, but these are also things that you should do with your spiritual family. Um, you create a spirit of family in your local congregation by doing all these things, um, an ever-growing and ever-reaching family, um, not just an us for and no more because blood is thicker than water mentality, but in our covenant is bigger the natural family ties kind of family. It, well, exactly. I mean, you know, I think I think one of the reasons that me and you probably feel so passionate about this yeah. is because, you know, our mom and dad worked really, really hard to create a stable home for us. Right. And in our home, there was always room for one more. Always. You know, 
there was always room for us to bring a friend home that needed that family stability. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, some of my friends learned what it meant to have a family unit because we were their family. And that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, one of my favorite sayings, um, and I'm going to paraphrase it, um, is, you know, when you see that there's someone in need or, or you see someone needs fed, don't go buy them groceries, build a bigger table. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't just need food. They need relationship. And I, at the at deep down at the root of it, I think that's really what this is all about: is relation relationship with God, relationship with each other, um, and building those tight bonds with one yep. another that strengthen one another. Because a threefold cord is not easily broken. Well, um, exactly. You know, going other places and never feeling that sense of family until we came here. You know, the 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 Holy Ghost creates a whole different. Dynamic. Atmosphere and dynamic. Yeah. And and that's how everyone should feel when they walk into a Holy Ghost filled church is they should instantly feel that bond and connection and that, that you know, I belong here. Um, that's what the family of God should do. And um and that's what resonated with me the most. You know, again, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb because we do become family. And um not not to say again that, that natural family is not important, it is. And you should make sure those ties are strong as well. But everything we do in the physical translates to the spiritual. Yeah. Um, and so that's my thoughts on that this week. Mm-hmm.